I had a friend, for some reason, her car became impounded and she had to go and fetch her children from nursery school. And she asked if she could borrow one of our cars. I said, you can borrow my Beetle, but here's the rules. The petrol gauge doesn't work. So you'd have no idea how much petrol you have. The, the brakes itself, you have to pump them. So you can't brake hard because there's not going to be any brakes. It was definitely not a safe car to drive and I let my friend drive. Welcome back to another episode of Drive With Us Podcast. I'm Bob Meat And I'm Taryn G. And you guys, this is our last episode for this season. We truly couldn't have made it this far without all your love and support. And we just wanted to say thank you for choosing to drive with us each and every week. To stay up to date on the release of the next season, you can follow us on our Instagram at Drive With Us Podcast. We are most active on there, and that's where we'll be posting all of our announcements. And some real quick car keeping before we introduce our last driver for this season. We wanted to hear your feedback on some changes we are considering for our next season. We are always working hard to keep improving this show for the better. So we're possibly considering changing up the types of guests we bring on to the show. Don't worry, we'll be still bringing on the everyday driver as guests and you'll still get to hear their crazy driving stories. But we're thinking about also starting to bring on some experts and professional drivers like race car drivers and mechanics. Let us know in the comments below or on Instagram if this is something you would like to hear. And just a quick heads up about today's episode. At some points of the conversation with today's driver, you might actually hear some noise in the background and that's actually some fireworks that were going off for an upcoming holiday they were celebrating in the UK. And now, without further ado, let's meet today's driver, Rihanna Avis. Rihanna is a business and money coach who works online with therapists, healers, and helpers. She's originally from South Africa, where she trained as a radiographer, but ended up changing careers to IT before moving to the UK, where she is living currently. Let's meet today's driver, Rihanna. Welcome, Rihanna, to Drive With Us podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Lovely to be here. We're super excited to talk to you. This is actually really fun because we were uh, talking about with a recent guest that they were our first UK driver and now we have two in one season. So I'm excited to hear your perspectives on driving as well. Before we dive into your crazy driving experiences, let's give our listeners a better idea about your driving. So what are some of the places that you've been and where are you currently? Currently, I'm in the UK. I'm sort of um, 66 miles north of London in a little town called Buckingham, which has got nothing to do with Buckingham Palace. But I'm originally from South Africa. So I actually got my driver's license and all of that in South Africa. And I've been in the UK now for 22 years. And the fortunate thing about being in the UK is that they drive on the same side as South Africa. So that was not a new thing that I had to learn. But I have driven on the continent in Europe. Where my partner and I, we often share the driving. So um, on a trip to the Netherlands, for instance, we shared. And when you're just driving down those straight motorways, it doesn't matter whether it's left or right-hand drive. Other places I've driven has been France and I think Switzerland, but I let him do the driving <laughs> when we're there. You're really lucky that moving to the UK, I mean, there's not a lot of countries that drive on the left, so you definitely lucked out that it's the yeah. same side and you didn't have to like do that whole switch. Yeah, I must say that the, the roads in the UK are much more windy and narrower than the roads in South Africa. 
that was quite tiring in the beginning, actually, but you get used to it. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I know here in the US too, in comparison to the UK, the roads are much more open and I can't imagine driving in such narrow spaces. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you tell them drive down the road and there's literally only space for one car and then one comes from the front and they have what they call passing spaces but you have to really creep into the bushes <laughs> to let the other car drive so people are very considerate that way i must say so it works but you have to be careful yeah I can imagine that. Have you ever been in the situation where you had to then reverse? One person has to reverse to get to like a oh, passing point in order to actually let a car go around you. Funny you should say that. And this is one of the crazy things that that I haven't even thought about that you just reminded me of, of now. So last year we were in a, no, it wasn't last year. It must have been about two years ago. We were in what they call the Lake District. So it's further north in the UK and it's absolutely beautiful and lots of hills and they will call it mountains, I think, here from a UK perspective. And the roads are narrow and we're going to the town where we were staying and we, we're going through one of the back roads. Now, all the roads, they are back roads, quite frankly, because they're just between hills and dales and things like that. And we get to a a, a point where there's just a long string of cars. Cars are not moving at all and we're creeping forward and we're creeping forward and we're probably about 15 minutes from where we were staying and we're creeping forward and creeping forward. Nothing really much is happening. And what turns out was there was a big, biggish truck, like a, a, a bus or a pickup truck or something. And it was just too wide and other cars could not pass and there was nowhere where it could move to. So anything else that was biggish that had to pass it, well, things just started backing up and backing up. How long it took to clear, I have no idea. I think we eventually took some evade, evasive action, how and where, and I have no idea. But yeah, it does happen. And you just have to be patient and you can sit there for hours. Wow. Luckily, we don't have that situation here. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I could yeah. think about. Like if you just come head on head with another car and you're like, well, one of you has to back up. <laughs> yeah. So one of the other things that can happen in the UK, and I, I, this, I experienced this with a friend of mine who was here visiting from South Africa. In South Africa, if you're driving, you park on the side that you drive down. So there's no ways that you'll park on the opposite side of the road facing in the direction that the other cars would be coming. But here in the UK, if there's parking, boy, you grab it, whether you're facing in the direction of the way that the, the traffic flows or in the opposite direction. And the other thing is there's so little space to park cars on the road that sometimes there's only space for one car to go down the road. So when there's traffic coming from the other side, you literally head on. And, and one of you have to duck and, and, and pull in behind another car. And, and people normally do and in enough time so that you don't, you don't head each other off and then there's no place to move. But now I have my friend in the car and, and I know this is a, this is a, a, a family friendly uh, show, but he's one who can really use his expletives. And you know, and, and it makes you as a driver nervous. I know what I'm doing. I know what that guy's going to do, but he made me so nervous. 
you can't talk that. Oh, there's another call coming. Just be quiet, please. Just be quiet. <laughs> yes. Oh, <that's> <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, I understand. Like, especially for me, it's with deers because I've been in two deer accidents. I don't want anyone to say the word deer because I will freeze because I've had those encounters. And so it's just like, just don't acknowledge it's there unless it's coming at our car. Just don't even say it's on the side of the road. <laughs> so yeah. I understand how if someone is freaking out and then it affects your yeah, driving. Absolutely. Yeah. Because suddenly you react, you, you may break suddenly when you shouldn't be breaking suddenly, mm -hmm. or you take your attention off the road and you miss something. And you know, it's, if you don't do the right actions at the right time, you can have an accident and you don't want that. Anyway, we survived. We're still friends. <laughs> That's good. So going into a little bit of you as a driver, is this something that you prefer? Do you prefer driving? Would you rather be the passenger? Is it like a love relationship, hate relationship? What's your relationship with driving? I really like driving and I, I prefer stick driving. So I learned to drive with gears and, and I still prefer that. So obviously I have driven automatic cars and so on, but, but I still prefer driving with, with the stick driving. And I just love it. I enjoy driving. I taught both my children to drive before I sent them off for driving lessons where they had to unlearn everything I taught them. And so I, I think I'm a good passenger most of the time when I trust the person's driving. But I can be a nervous passenger if I don't trust the person's driving. So I would call myself an assertive driver, actually. But I enjoy driving. At the moment, I can't because I'm still recovering from a fractured, fractured wrist. It'll probably be about another month or so before I can drive. Speaking of you mentioning that you are sometimes a nervous passenger, have you ever been in a car where you're like, oh my gosh, I want to get out right now? <laughs> Not really. No, no. I think maybe I pick my drivers carefully. <laughs> actually, actually, coming back to that, there might have been one one incident where I was not happy to be in the car. And that was shortly after I came to the UK. And this is a bit of a story. I, I wanted to buy a specific vacuum cleaner. It's called a Henry vacuum cleaner. And I've, I found one that was advertised in a newspaper. And we went there, my son and I went there by train, and I thought it would be about an hour. It took us two hours to get there by train. Well, by the time we got to the place, the guy was obviously angry, annoyed, frustrated. He picked us up from the station, drove us to his house very fast, didn't put the headlights on, probably forgot to put the headlights on. This is now dark. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I did not enjoy that. I mean, it's a stranger. Ideally, I wouldn't have got in the car anyway, but I understand why you might have been a bit upset with us. Well, you're very lucky that you haven't had that experience of being in the car with crazy drivers. I feel like, I don't know, maybe America just has a lot more crazy drivers. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, I can't think of anybody. My grandfather went, but this was when I was a child. I didn't enjoy his driving. He was an erratic driver, but I couldn't do anything about it then. I'm not saying there's not crazy drivers around here. I've seen crazy drivers for sure. That's yeah. very good. I'm glad yeah. that you have yeah. <laughs> decent yeah. drivers around you. Yeah. Well, I know that you alluded to some crazy stuff that you've seen, but what would you say is one of your most craziest driving experiences? What I've seen the most, actually the worst, was it doesn't often snow well, I say it doesn't often snow in the UK, but normally there's snow 
once at least once in uh, during the winter times and it's not very deep snow but i would say on the whole we're probably not very experienced drivers when it comes to snow so the one time it was it was before we moved where we are now actually this driver it wasn't friends of ours it was neighbors and it was thick snow when I say thick, probably about 15 centimeters or something like that. And cars would typically not get a grip. It, it was hard for cars to really get a grip. You have to really go slowly. If you had a four-wheel drive, you'd be better off. And after a while, the snow would be pack in and become ice, especially if it's been down for a couple of days. And I can't remember whether we'd been out for a walk, but we were outside for some reason. And there was a, quite a few cars outside in this. It was, it was like a T-junction. So there was a little bit of space for cars to like turn around and so on and so forth. But a BMW came up the road and he, he really couldn't make headway. And he just started revving his engine and spinning his wheels and you know, if it could, if it got a grip on the ice or something like that, he could have so spun out of control, hit four or five cars, us. It was just absolutely a crazy way to behave. Why behave like that? Because you're so out of control when you're driving on snow and you don't know what you're doing and you don't have the equipment, you don't have snow chains or whatever. That, that was really crazy. That actually reminds me of, you were saying it was just a everyday driver. I've seen a police officer do that and he started to like hit the gas so much and was stuck in the snow and then slid and then did it three more times. And I'm like, okay, didn't you understand the first time? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the other very crazy thing that happened to me and, and I was, oh, uh, my heart sinks when I think about this is the, I, I love Volkswagen Beetles and I had a friend, she had one, I had one and we had some experiences in those Beetles. So the one time she, she for some reason, her car became impounded and, and she, she had to go and fetch her children from nursery school and places like that. Anyway, long story short, she asked if she could borrow one of our cars. We were a two car family at that time. So I said, you can borrow my Beetle. But here's the rules. The petrol gauge doesn't work. So you'd have no idea how much petrol you have. The, the brakes itself, you have to pump them. So you can't brake hard because there's not going to be any brakes. You have to <laughs> do it. It had this horn that would just go off for no reason whatsoever in honk, honk, honk. <laughs> sometimes it would stop when you pressed it and sometimes it wouldn't. And so I'm driving her along after having picked her up and explaining to her yes you can borrow this car but th these are the rules and i'm thinking we're about to run out of petrol and as we're running sort of out of petrol i'm i'm clocking there's a filling station coming up fortunately it was a bit downhill so i could i could cruise into it but there was absolutely no gas if we'd stopped anywhere else we would have had to wait for people to arrive to bring us gas. Oh my God. I know. My children must do things like that nowadays. That happened obviously in South Africa. That's not likely to happen here in the UK. They've got very strict, what they called MOT rules. And every year your car has to go for MOT checks and pass its MOT. 
but it was definitely not a safe car to drive and I let my friend drive it and it was a horrible thing to have done to your best friend. You know, how do you even know that like, oh my God, I'm going to run out of gas. Like you just trained yourself like, okay, this is how far I can go. I need Absolutely. gas. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So you get to know your car, how far you can go and things like that. And the fact that your horn just always went off. <laughs> have you ever had any instances where you're like, oh my God, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There was a time that I was selling cosmetics, not over-the-counter cosmetics, like uh, like multi level marketing thing so they have they have a training day and everybody dressed it's mostly females obviously everybody dress up in their posh frocks and I have this red and black posh frock it's a Nina Ricci label you know and I'm so proud of it and it's in one of the northern suburbs of Johannesburg called um, Santon and this is where the rich people live you see so you go there and there's Audis, there's BMWs, there's there's all these smart cars. And I rock up with my little VW Beetle, which is from 1972. <laughs> and it honks where it wants to. Anyway, go to this event, come out of it. And it's five o'clock. Everybody's coming home from leaving work, wanting to go home. The, the, the roads are blocked. So I'm I'm at the traffic light can't move anywhere when suddenly it starts honking it just goes off and everybody's looking whose car is honking and so I'm looking as well whose car is honking it's funny just, just look around like oh yeah whose car <laughs> is that you yeah, well, what else will you do and just yeah. slowly sink in your chair and just be like not me yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So you did mention that you've been to quite a few different places. How would you describe the different types of drivers in those areas? Have you noticed any differences, like whether it was South Africa or UK or Europe? I think on the whole, Europe was, was okay. I can't say I noticed too many crazy drivers. We don't go that frequently. I let my partner drive most most of the time. And the roads are probably not that dissimilar to the UK. Some some of them in between towns or in towns can be quite narrow and the motorways are wider. So I would say this probably on the whole, I would consider that most drivers to be relatively disciplined. Not all, but most. You can get people that go too fast, that cut you up and things like that. But it's far and few between rather than all the time. Back in South Africa, when I was there, drivers definitely were not as disciplined. I'm talking long time ago as well, although when we go to South Africa now, I do drive. We lived in Johannesburg for a while, and, and I grew up in the Cape area, in the Western Cape areas, two hours flight between. And definitely in Johannesburg, drivers don't drive faster, they're more aggressive. And I remember my sister-in-law saying, to me she would never drive in Johannesburg because these drivers are just too fast too rude too inconsiderate I got used to it I probably drove like that when I was there uh, and maybe that's why I don't always notice when drivers are too rude or too inconsiderate I've not been to America so I can't say how people drive there but I know the roads, you know, when the roads are wide and open and, and there's space, you just want to put your foot down, don't you? Well, I do. Okay, that's, 
because <laughs> the road allows it. But yeah, cutting cutting people out and coming from this is another thing that I find confusing even to after twenty year, two years in the UK. So you want to turn off in that lane over there, but there's four or five traffic lanes here, and they just come to go like that. You know, and the space of maybe half a mile or less, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. No consideration for anyone else. Yeah, I've seen that a lot yeah. here too. It's like very last minute. Yeah. I need to take my exit now. Yes, yes. And, and I understand why sometimes that might be where you have to do that because if you miss it, you have to go like 50 miles around, you know, like one time. We're in Italy. I'm not the driver, but we're, we're in Italy. And we went as a group of friends. Three other people are in a car and they off because we're going home now. And we have to take the flight from Peter. I think is Peter is the way that. And, and we had about an hour, an hour and a half's drive to get to the airport. Now my partner and I and another friend, we're in the second car and we're not kind of following each other but not really we have our own instructions of where to go and how to go and suddenly we find ourselves in this so there's these toll booths and there's like this car plaza if you like i don't know how else to describe it and we've missed the turning to pizza and if we continue the way we're going we're going to end up in rome which is totally totally 180 degrees the wrong way so I made him do a U-turn. Fortunately, there weren't too many cars in this huge area, but I made him take a U-turn to go back where we came from. That was a bit scary and it's probably crazy. And in the UK, you probably won't get away with that. But I've not seen such huge um, interchanges where cars could cross over between toll, toll booths in the UK either. He was not happy with me. It's not the sort of thing he does, but it's the sort of thing I, I would do. Well, desperate um, times, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. You, ju you just really didn't want to leave. So you're like, okay, let's go to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> we did make our flight in the end, but it, there was a few scary moments. So now that we heard some of your crazy driving experiences, so let's dive into a little bit more of you as a driver. I know you touched on this a little bit earlier when we were chatting, but how would you describe yourself as a driver and would your friends and families agree with that? Yeah, so I said earlier, I, I think of myself as an assertive driver, not necessarily an aggressive driver. And I chatted with my partner about this and I said, how would you describe me? Because sometimes I make him do things he doesn't want to do. <laughs> and and he was sort of, mm, well, you're not, you're not a timid driver. I do drive, tend to drive fast. And he says, you're not an aggressive driver. So I said, how about assertive? So he did agree with that. I think my friends would agree with that as well. There's probably some things, especially when I was younger, where I did things that, that oh my gosh, you know, they, they got them a little bit scared and where they were a bit frightened, like, oh, there's a parking, I'll just nip in there. And and I do, and they would, oh, we would never have been able to get in there, you know, that kind of thing. So, so yeah, I would say I was a confident driver and an assertive driver. And I could, can be a bit heavy on the foot. Yeah. So you say you're assertive, but not aggressive. And I know that yeah. your, your VW Beetle likes to honk. Would you consider <laughs> yourself someone who honks? When your car is not doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm actually in that regard. I'm quite a patient driver. 
my partner, for instance, get upset with other drivers on the road long before I do. And I think, well, you know, they just this or that or the other. People have honked at me, though. And sometimes I don't know why they would. I, I would honk if they suddenly cut in front of me. So it, some, I, I'm just remembering a time when this was before I had my driver's license. I was with my mom in the car, my stepmom. And we stopped. There, there was a track across the road what do you call those for the train yeah yeah Yeah. and and there was a big truck in front of us we had funny enough we had a volkswagen at that stage and she was driving and he started reversing and she didn't have a clue what to do and i was the one who hit the horn and home and then he stopped and that that's not something i've thought about for ages so so when it's really really necessary but for no reason whatsoever or just because somebody annoyed me not, not really i'm not really a honker no yeah, that's interesting the other uk driver that we had on the season earlier he mentioned that honking is more like cursing at someone there in the uk like people look at you like why did you do that is that what you've noticed yeah and you know when people honk there's lots of roundabouts in the uk and if you don't negotiate the roundabout properly especially if it's got multiple lanes you can easily get in the wrong lane and then people will honk but you know that can happen and you just allow people the space you just consider it allow people the space but sometimes people would come very fast it's reckless really and then as you go into the lane you you need to be in they would honk because what are you suddenly doing in their lane well it's not like that at all you know, and it is like cursing, actually, because you're being inconsiderate, quite frankly, in, in my view. So thinking of all of the other drivers that are on the road, what would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve? Definitely those that they just cut in front of you suddenly. You don't see it coming. They're just and too close. So it's not even that they're cutting in front of you, but they're cutting you so close that you, you could have hit them. And the other thing is you've got like, two or three lanes and you've got these two trucks that's going slowly and the one is trying to overtake the other one and nobody's going anywhere in a hurry <laughs> because nothing is moving yeah I find that really interesting that 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 is your pet peeve because Chris who was our other UK driver said the exact same thing <laughs> Two two semi trucks or lorries like trying to overtake one another at almost exactly the same speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think you know those very articulated trucks. I think their top speeds are allowed fifty miles an hour, and in in the UK is seventy miles an hour. But it's still it makes a huge difference. <laughs> you know, and now you just have to wait. <laughs> and the other thing that that teases me off, but. I'm guilty of this as one. You may want to cut this bit out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they'll tell you for a mile or two miles ahead of time that one of the lanes are closed. So most cars would start moving into the lanes that are still moving. Now, the naughty drivers, they all go up the lane that's going to be closed, up right to the point where they can't go any further. They have to move over. And everybody squeezes in. So if you've been a good person waiting back, you just wait and wait and wait and wait because everybody else is squeezing in. I don't think that's fair. 
yeah, that that cheeses me off as well, actually. That's another pet peeve. So that's definitely one of the things um, we've noticed here in between states. So like mm. we're in Maryland and then right north of us is Pennsylvania. Mm. What we've noticed is that Pennsylvania drivers will do that. Like if a lane's going to close, they'll move in ahead of time and then they'll just wait. Mm. Whereas I, I'm guilty of this too, <laughs> Maryland <laughs> drivers. We will take the empty lane because it's there. Yeah. <laughs> and then like when you have to move over, you move over. Yeah. I've done that. Too. Have you ever experienced road rage, whether it was you yourself who's had road rage or anyone that's had it towards you? I don't think I've ever experienced road rage myself. Obviously, you get a bit angry at these drivers and sometimes you roll your eyes and things like that. But certainly people have shaken their fists at me and honked their horns at me and nobody stopped to confront me and say you know you've done this or you've done that and you're a stupid driver but you can read their lips sometimes and I just what was that about and I think oh well you know your issue not mine carry on but if they're a bit sometimes drivers are so erratic you actually want to not drive too closely to them so you just hang back a little bit slow down a little bit let them get on and get on with their life and their driving you don't want to be in their road rage fallout <laughs> You, know, yeah. you don't want to be in that. Just hang back until until they've gone and then you can move on again. I'm not saying don't move on, just take it more slowly. Yeah, definitely. When I see crazy people, I always like, please be in front of me rather than behind me because I feel more scared if you're behind me. Like, what are you going to do? Absolutely. I can't watch you as well. Yeah. And sometimes you see drivers for some reason, they they weave across or they weave across lanes or they simply weave in the lane where they're in and you're not quite sure what's going on. Well, again, you know, just sort of hang back a little bit. But again, you'd rather them be in front of you than behind you. You're absolutely right. You have to be alert when you're driving, for sure. Yes, yeah. for sure. Well, now that we heard a little bit about you as a driver, let's dive into your driving first. How would you describe your first time driving experience? I probably stalled the car. <laughs> I probably didn't get it quite in the right gear or whatever my dad taught me to drive on on the back roads on dirt roads i don't know what you call them in the us as i was learning my dad could be quite he could be quite uh, impatient as can i be so he would have shouted at me a bit i think but that was fine i learned to drive and then when i got my license oh my gosh the day i got my license so the story is that i got my license you could get your drivers not your drivers, your learner's license when you were 18 in South Africa. And my birthday is in October, so I got it as soon as I, because I wanted to drive. I just wanted to drive. I wanted to have my license, so I got it. And then this is my last year at school as well. And then I applied to be a radiographer, to train as a radiographer. And I had to go to another place. I was, I was posted to a place called Oatsworn, which was about was it two hours drive? I can't remember how far it was from where we lived, but it was a couple of hours drive from where I grew up. And I had to start there in April. And your your learner's license in South Africa at that time was only valid for six months. So you would pass your test or the theory, you'd get your learner's license. Now you can drive with a proper driver next to you. So I had to learn to drive and get my driver's license before I went to Oatsworn. No, hang on. 
I talk nonsense. My course was going to start on the 1st of April, near home, actually. But the three months before the course, that's what, when I was going to go be away. And so I actually had three months in which to get my, my driver's license. My dad had been teaching me and then I had driver's lessons and so I could get my driver's license. And then we managed to get it booked for the 31st of December, which is New Year's Eve. And it's in a biggish town. And so the guy that took me out to test my driving, he made me drive down what they would call in the UK, the high street, the main street. So the main, you've got shops down either side. You've got lots of pedestrians, lots of cars. I mean, it's crazy time of year. This guy had me driving down this main street. And whenever he saw a, a parking spot, he would say, park there. And now I'm nervous and I'm a brand new driver. And sometimes I would get in properly and sometimes I wouldn't. And then he would get out of the car and go and do his shopping and come back. That must have happened about two or three times. And one of the times he got me to park, I had to reverse park and I could reverse park between two cars. But in this particular instance, there was like an island. The pavement kind of went like that in a curve. And there was the parking space and the car behind me. Well, I hit the curb a couple of times. Uh, and I thought, this is it. I'm never going to get my, my driver's license. But I did actually get it, which was a relief. And then I went to Oatswan and I didn't drive for three months. <laughs> The fact that they made you like, okay, you're going to be my chauffeur, basically. Let me go do my shopping. <laughs> I don't know what made him. Maybe I was charming to him or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing untoward, right? He's probably like, let me just knock two things out at once. Test this the student driving and then also get my shopping done. <laughs> yeah, no, he got, he got what he wanted. When you moved to the UK, did you have to retake? your driving test or were you able to transfer your license? I was able to transfer the license because we on this we, we drive on the same side of the road. The rules of the road are still the same and they have that exchange. So I did come with what they call an international driver's license and you could drive on that, that for, I can't remember off the top of my head, a year, two years, I can't remember. But then you then you had to exchange and that's all that you did. You exchanged your South African driver's license for your UK driver's license. And I think it might still be like that. How was it teaching your kids to drive? Was there any crazy experiences with them or were they all very easy to teach? <laughs> One crazy experience was they were in their early teens, really. And, and we've been out, we were on holiday and it was far from civilization. So I allowed them to drive and they were kind of okay. There were no other cars on the road. And this was my son more so than my daughter at the time. And that was before he was 18. It was quite easy. And I remembered what my dad taught me. So I taught them that as well. He got his license in South Africa. My daughter got her license here. So finding places where she could learn to drive was a little bit trickier. But behind the village where we lived was a very quiet residential area, not many cars about, and and I could get her to stop start. I mean, that's the first thing, stop start, stop start, you stop start, especially because they, I taught them to drive with a gear stick as well. 
so you have to learn clutch control and that's the hardest thing to learn really but the one time she had a learner's license already so she had a can't remember what they call it here in the UK now provisional license I think and you can have it for two years before you actually get your driver's license she was legal on the road but we came out of this one road which was very very quiet we were going to turn left into another quiet road and suddenly there were cars behind her and this road was quite windy and it was quite steep and it was quite a long way before she could escape and, and there, there was an escape to the left but it must have been about a mile and a half on and she handled it very well but that was a bit scary because you know she was suddenly in a situation where i didn't expect her to be but she handled it very well i'm sorry about the noise that is fireworks going off didn't expect that okay yeah i was like is there banging? Okay, it's fireworks. Okay, fireworks. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, so they're both good drivers. I'm quite happy to be in, the, in a vehicle with them. And she got her license the first time around. Is the age limit also 18 in the UK? I know you're mentioning in South Africa, it's 18. So is it the same in the UK? Yeah, I believe so. So it sounds like driver's lessons or like a driver education course, is it required there? Is that just something that you take by choice if you want to have your driver's license if you want to learn yes you have to get your provisional license and in the uk you you do that by learning oh gosh i can't even remember what they call it nowadays but it's like the highway code that's right the highway code so that has all the rules of the road and from time to time it gets updated so you have you know you have to know what all the signs mean what what all the the speed limits are in the various areas because they may not be speed limit signs uh, showing but you you know if there's a residential area you need to recognize it's a residential area you have to slow down this is what the speed is and then the other thing that they do in the uk is if you get a speeding ticket so you've exceeded the speed limit and there's some other rules behind it you can choose to pay the fine and lose points on your driver's license and can you think you can lose up to 12 points on your driver's license before that it's it's not when i say null and void you can't drive for maybe a year i don't i don't know the rules but you can choose to go for driving it's not lessons but education driver education on speeding you mentioned they may not always post the speed limit and they just assume that you should know that's mm. like one of the things when i go to a new area i really hate when there aren't speed limit signs because you're like what yeah. am i supposed to be doing if i have to make a little confession i drive as fast as the roads will allow me so i use common sense it, it's not always right but it's like common sense these are narrow roads i think 50 miles is probably the top limit and sometimes on those narrow roads country roads in the uk it's too fast for me i will drive slower in the uk itself it's fine when we've gone to other places like in Europe, for instance, when you enter another country, it'll say what the speed limits are. And normally there's a sign here. It's a big white sign with a thick black line through it. And for I didn't know what it meant. And all it means is you can go back to the speed that's allowed on this road. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, let's talk a little bit about the future of driving. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts? on self-driving cars and is this something that you would get into yeah so i think it will probably happen later rather than well i say later rather than soon i think it will definitely happen 
at this point, I'm not really interested in self-driving cars. I enjoy driving. I'm wondering, especially because I even enjoy driving stick stick gears. And that's all part of the fun that you can manually manipulate a vehicle. You in charge. When it's a self-drive vehicle, who's driving this vehicle? It's not you. You just sit, I might as well take the train or get a taxi or <laughs> something like that. Personally, I probably wouldn't go for it other than I'll have a go just for the fun of it. But I, I prefer to be in charge of a vehicle. And I, I guess there's going to come a point where you don't have to learn to drive because cars are going to be self-drive. And driving is going to become a sport. To actually sit behind a car and be in charge is going to become a sport. Like horse riding has become maybe a sport because a couple of hundred years ago, we would all have been riding horses to get places and now we don't. That's an interesting way to think of it. I would have never thought like, yeah, I could see that it becomes more of like a sport because not you don't have to learn how to do it anymore. Yeah. But yeah. I agree with you. I enjoy driving a lot and I don't know how it would feel if... You're like, oh, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't need to learn. It's okay. I, I can see that for older people when they don't, can't drive anymore, they don't want to drive anymore, it would be useful. I can see that executives that have chauffeurs these days, that that would be useful. I would be very nervous if there were self-driving cars on the road. Very nervous. I might take myself off the road. <laughs> go and drive on the roads where there's no self-driving cars we'll see what happens yeah definitely yeah right. but you know pilots for instance i mean you you can put a train on autopilot but the, the the pilot still has to be trained enough to override autopilot i don't know that as drivers you're going to stay alert while this car is going where it wants to go and you're not going to sit and watch the monitors and this and that and the other if you don't have to yeah, yeah, that's definitely an interesting point. It'll become a lot more passive. Hmm. Like you said, like riding a train or a taxi. Yeah. yeah. Bonus question time. Are you okay. ready? If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? I think that they should make a driving law where every now and again, like once or twice a year, they block off something like the M25 and they use it as a racing track. That's, That's interesting. I I'm not saying it is to be the M25, but they can just give people an opportunity to get the driving aggression, if you want, out of them. So just every now and again, give people the opportunity. This is the day we're going to be crazy. No, no, Don't no, do it no. again. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it needs to become compulsory to do advanced driving lessons that could be another law i That's think that would be definitely useful to know those skills at least of like yeah. how to save yourself and protect yourself in all different yeah. types of situations yeah. my first idea is a bit off the wall i think you could see lots of accidents and unforeseen it's going to be reckless I, it won't be passed definitely not but i think when it comes to advanced driving skills you could probably take basic advanced intermediate advanced 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 <laughs> and then let people do those and encourage them and, and put them in situations where they can actually practice them because i think sometimes if you've not experienced something for a while your reflexes your trained reflexes may be a little bit slow to respond that's a great point because 
especially like driving in different weather conditions. If you haven't experienced, say, driving in snow before, it's your first time, like practice that braking. What happens to your car and how do you control yourself in that situation? That actually be really great to learn because I feel like driving in different weather scenarios, people, some people don't know what to do when, Mm. you know, they slide or something happens. Mm. (laughs) Do you have any final thoughts or any advice that you would like to give other drivers? The road is there for all of us to use. And I think if we consider it to each other as drivers and we're not that it's my bit of road, get out of in front of me. And we have that aggression in us. We cause more upsets for ourselves and for others. So I think the more considerate we can be, the more, I'm not saying you, we have to go slow, slow, slow. I should just be considerate. Let others go first. Don't cut others out. Just be polite, be kind. And I think driving would be even more pleasant. I agree with that. Everyone has somewhere to go. Everyone's going through something. So if we were just a little bit more understanding, I feel like it wouldn't be as stressful on the road sometimes. And there will be less road rage. (laughs) Absolutely. Because road rage is not nice for anyone. Not for the person who give it. They might feel good in the moment, but certainly not afterwards. And certainly not for the people on the receiving side. Or those who who observe it around them. Well, before we let you go, we want to give you a chance to plug anything and also let our listeners know where they can find you. When I'm not driving, (laughs) I'm a a business coach and I work with therapists and particularly with occupational therapists. And my favorite ones are uh, the ones who work with kiddies, pediatric occupational therapists. And you can find me on my website, which is www.rianaavis.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a blast talking to you about your driving and the differences between South Africa and Europe and the UK. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It was great. Rihanna was such a great guest to end this season with. I don't know what I would have done if my car had a mind of its own like hers did and the horn just went off whenever I wanted to. I'm thinking about my commute to work. It's about an hour and a half-ish to work and back and I'm just thinking like if my car just started to act up on the drive (laughs) like how awkward would that be especially since I drive by I drive by so many police like so many police officers drive by during my drive to work so I'm just like imagine if it went off when a cop was driving by (laughs) would they be like are you trying to warn like you know like you flash your lights to warn someone that cops coming you're just like honking there's a cop right there like you're trying to instigate them or something yeah that would be so embarrassing i i would not be able to so i was thinking of this in terms of self-driving cars and what if those cars started to have a mind of their own and they're just like that's like a horror sci-fi movie yeah and they start like rebelling and being like no the human doesn't control me i feel like honking I feel like taking uh, this turn. Like, what would happen? Why would you say like that? Like, I thought you were going to say it, like, in a positive way. We're like, self-driving cars, it can s- detect things on the road if it needs to, like, oh, my God, that person's going crazy. So then it honks. But you're like, no, it's going to take over. And it's like, I'm rebelling. <laughs> you went full on sci-fi no, movie. I, because her car was just like, no, I'm going to honk. Yeah. So I was just thinking in terms of when self-driving cars, you know, are, are driving themselves. And they're like, well... I want to honk now. (laughs) I feel like honking today. And then it's going to be a mood honk. (laughs) I'm not having a good day. Like Chris. (laughs) From earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his celebratory honks. Yeah, they might be like, okay, I'm in a good mood today. (laughs) Uh, Today's not such a good day. Get out of my way. I'm mad at every single person right now. (laughs) Every car. (laughs) 
Well, that was Rihanna, our last guest for season four. We hope you enjoyed hearing her driving stories and be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Drive With Us Podcast to stay up to date on the next season. Again, as we mentioned, we are considering changing up the show a little bit and changing up the variety of guests we bring on. So we will be still sticking to the everyday driver and hearing their crazy experiences, but we wanted to get your feedback on whether you would be interested in having some more professional drivers on or experts. And hearing their crazy stories as well. Let us know your thoughts on whether you would be interested in these types of guests. And thank you for all your support this season. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support the show by sharing it with your friends or leaving us a review. It truly does help us get discovered. Thank you for choosing to drive with us and we'll see you soon.